0: Welcome to A World on Fire Season 2, and this is going to be Episode 2, uh, and me and my buddy here, Ross, are going to tackle the Freedom Fighters. So how are you, Ross?
1: I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about some 1970s DC.
0: Yeah, this is really good stuff. Uh, you and I had just been talking uh, before we started recording here, and we both kind of bought this series in, in a, a lot You know, the whole deal. And I didn't read ahead. I just read these first three issues that we're going to be covering here in this episode, but I had a lot of fun with them. Uh, So, overall, what did you think? You have fun with them?
1: I did. They're uh, the 70s. uh, It's, it's, these are very simple. The comics were a little simpler. And I think that's what they're going for in these. And um, this is a very, I remember this era of comics. I was 12 and my brother, I I remembered reading number one. I don't think I've read two or three until I read these because I bought this and didn't read them because I was, I bought them because I saw them cheap on eBay mm-hmm. and I had just read the, the more recent freedom fighter stuff, which I liked, but it's a much darker. Mm. Um, but I remember reading number one and I liked it. It's a very simple comic and, uh, it, they're just a lot of fun. Mm hmm. And it's, yeah. it's full of tropes that I kind of, when I read them, it's like having a warm blanket. It's like, oh, I remember these. This is the way comics were in the seventies.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you're uh, you're right on the money there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't. I skimmed over uh, their uh, first appearance here, and I mean first appearance as a team. But uh, you know, they're a, a team that uh, they were uh, quality comics characters that DC bought in uh, I think 1956. And they kind of sat on the shelf for I, I couldn't believe it seventeen years where DC yeah until, could, yeah I couldn't believe I, it yeah and I remember my brother
1: I remember that um, the crossover because I think it's one of the comics I it's one of those comics I remember my brother giving me. Mm-hmm. because he was the one that gave me you know I think the first justice league I really ever read was 100 the seven, the the seven soldiers of victory three part story len wine wrote mm-hmm. and this is the this was the next year this was the crossover the next year uh mm-hmm. was the the two part when we the freedom fighters are introduced as a separate you know in the justice
0: league mm-hmm. yeah justice league of america 107 and 108 from yeah, uh, and late late 1973 len Wien and uh, dick dillon
1: it's uh, which is great i reread those two
0: before i read this because i hadn't
1: read that in a long time Mm -hmm. um and it's a lot of fun it was it was a lot of fun but um i just and it was good i'm glad i did it before i read these three
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i skimmed through both of them too because they're on the app if anybody has the dc infinite app you can go on there and you can read those two uh that two parter uh in the JLA, uh where they were introduced. But yeah, like we said, they were quality comics characters and they were never used as a team before, always separately. But uh the uh the characters are Black Condor, Doll Man, the Human Bomb, The Ray, Phantom Lady, and Uncle Sam, who's, you know, probably the most recognizable just because oh, yeah. of how he looks. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. But yeah, this series came out in uh, you know. Late 1975, 76 and 76, you know, was a, a bicentennial uh, here over in the States. So uh, good, good timing there.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of patriotic. Yeah, the bicentennial issue three, they have the banner. DC Comics salutes the Bicentennial.
0: Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they were they were really trying to, uh, you know, utilize everything they could to uh, sell comics. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, but good stuff here overall. I mean. You know this number one issue here, uh, we have is a uh, cover dated April 1976, and it uh, has uh, uh, a cover by Ernie Chan. So, I really love this cover to number one. What do you think of this one?
1: I do too. I think it's a great cover. I think, um, it's I like this here because you had the banner up top with the DC logo at the top in the center mm-hmm. and stuff, but I just really like it. It was a very simple cover. Um, I like Ernie Chan. Mm-hmm. always did and it, it just it it just gives it to you and it's nice and action-packed it, it doesn't give anything away to the story it just um because sometimes in the nowadays covers really don't even reflect the interior i think sometimes yeah um, but you know but in this day they were kind of like a, a second splash page yeah but i just like this one it's really good it's these are all great character designs they're all designed in the 40s but they're they're you notice they never really changed them. Mm-mm. Even when they bring these characters back, they never change these costumes because they, well, you're not going to change uncle Sam's, but I mean, I think in yeah. the nineties when they brought in black condor, they kind of 90 him
0: up. Yeah. Yeah. It's and really, was, really
1: good. And that was the nineties. So <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, really good design on these characters and it's an all uh, black background here. And there's kind of like a spotlight on the team and, You know, uh, Uncle Sam's kind of holding back uh, the human bomb and all the other uh, members are, you know, ready to fight as they're surrounded by cops. And the cops are saying, hold it, heroes, you're under arrest. So, (laughs) yeah, really good stuff, though. I I really like the the layout and design of this cover. And I think uh, Chan did an excellent job with it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hey, if we're ready to get into it here, I'll do a little synopsis here. This is from the DC Fandom website, and then uh, we can jump right into the issue. What do you think? Wait, let's do this. All right. So, the Freedom Fighters journey from Earth X to Earth One in the hopes of helping America in its war against crime. Arriving in Times Square, they immediately find themselves embroiled in the machinations of a super villain known as the Silver Ghost and his henchman, King Samson. During the course of battle, Phantom Lady discovers a new ability, Intangibility. The battle ends inconclusively, and the Silver Ghost gets away. The Freedom Fighters are arrested for creating a public disturbance and brought before District Attorney David Pearson. After hearing their tale, Pearson decides to help them out and provides them with a new headquarters inside an abandoned East Side Armory. Later, the Silver Ghost strikes again and faces off against three members of the Freedom Fighters. He succeeds in turning Black Condor, Dollman, and Phantom Lady into statues of solid silver. So, pretty pretty good issue here. You know, very action packed. Like they get right into it, you know, from oh, the yeah, first watch page. Yeah.
1: I think it's almost straight up action all the way. Does it ever really slow down?
0: Yeah, not much. Maybe no, when they're no. talking to Pearson. It's about it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, when they when they go like I like how I like how within the first 9 pages they've already got a sponsor and they're going to ha- and they have a headquarters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's um, it's Marty Pasco, based on a on a Conway editing, and plotting, but it it's really it's a good setup.
0: Yes, yes, like and you it, said, it, Con- yeah. Conway plot and editing. Uh, Marty Pasco does the script. Rick Estrada layouts, and Mike Royer does the finished art and lettering as well, which is really good. I love Mike I, Royer.
1: Did I want to ask you something? Because there are certain panels in this with the Royer inks. It really reminds me of um, the Keith Giffen, Wally Wood art in All Star
0: Comics. Mm, okay. Yeah. The the JSA booker. Yeah. Super yeah. The, the JSA yeah.
1: issues. There's certain panels where I'm like going, "Are you sure this isn't Wally inking
0: this?" Yeah. You never know. Maybe he helped out too.
1: I know, but it, it really strikes me as it, because that's one of the selling points of that All Star is that it the art in it was stellar. -hmm. But this I really liked. It was, I mean, I'm not the biggest Rick Estrada fan of his art. I mean, it's good, but I think Mark Royer, Mike Royer, makes it, makes it. They're a good combo.
0: Yeah, it it they're paired well. Mm Hmm. Yeah, it looks really good. That opening splash page is great. (laughs) Really, really good uh, artwork there of them kind of uh, coming down from the sky. You know, like a a portal or something from their earth to this earth. And I love how one of the uh, onlooker says, look, Becky, it's street theater. <laughs> and the, uh, the the ice cream man, what are you talking about, bozo? Don't you know superheroes when you see them? <laughs> and I
1: kind of like the the groovy clothes everybody has. There's mm-hmm. this nice mix of like 50s, you know, the guy the guy in the city with the fedora and the cigar, chomping the cigar.
0: Mm-hmm. But you
1: got the guy in the, the Lee Major's leisure suit.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yep.
1: say the guy, the one who's talking about street theater.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, good, good mix there. But yeah, like you said, it's action from the word go because the cops come flying over like, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? But, you know, the Freedom Fighters see like uh, something going on, smoke and fire from a couple blocks away. So they go blasting over there to be like, hey, we need to go help out here. And uh, they do go help out. And this is when they meet uh, this silver ghost character and his goons. I'm not familiar with him. Are you? Well, no, but, you know, we're going to talk about him in the next issue, and I don't know if he survives past the next issue. So (laughs) there might not be much left of him after these two. Oh, I know. I
1: was, because it it struck me, and we'll talk about as we go through the issues with King Samson, and he seems to have a different costume each issue. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Not a lot of continuity there. Oh, there's (laughs) like, I was like, wait a minute, is this the same guy? That doesn't, um, here, I'm pulling – I'm looking up Silver Ghost while we're talking here because I wanted to make sure if he had appeared in other things. Yeah, this
0: this King Samson guy in this first issue, he almost has a costume that reminds me of something from Marvel Comics' The Wrecking Crew.
1: Yeah, he does a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird, like a full bodysuit. It's blue and red, and he's got this crazy belt and he's like uh, – wrist type gauntlet things on with like spikes on him and a crazy helmet and stuff. And like you said, in the next issue, he looks very different. I a, God.
1: And that's another thing that looks, that looks very much like a Rick Estrada Wally Wood because Rick Estrada did the first couple super squad stories and it kind of looks a little like his costume designs in that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting too. phantom lady here. I don't know how they explain this eventually, but you know, she tries to jump down and, uh, kick the silver ghost here and she just kind of phases right through him which you know she's showing you know power she never had before but I love the human bomb he's just I love that character he's crazy
1: I know he I do (laughs) and I remember him he's the character I remember the most from this series Mm -hmm. that he was you know he's the guy that I can't touch anybody I can't be in love you know for the soap (laughs) opera element of the comic that you need in an ongoing comic you know he does that thing but He's such a good character.
0: Yeah, I like how he tries to get his hands on uh, Silver Ghost here, and he moves out of the way and touches a street lamp, and of course blows it to smithereens. And Uncle Sam says, "Tarnation, bomb! You <laughs> headed young <laughs> whippersnapper, you could have killed that feller." <laughs> oh my God, I love his dialogue.
1: <laughs> I know, because well, this is when I mean I'm so used to like the Alex Ross and the and the Jimmy Pomeroy version of Uncle Sam. Who is a little less um, wholesome, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I just, I, I like all the, I like that bit with the the, the lamppost and then him, what is it, a gas main?
0: Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Mm hmm. And just, it blows which, up.
1: Yeah, and then he just squeezes the pipe so tight it fuses back together. <laughs> yeah, because Uncle Sam has the powers he needs. I guess does it? You know what he's like. He can, does he leap and he carries people? He holds their hand and then leaps. He does a lot of leaping.
0: Yeah, he does. He does a lot of wild stuff, like you said. Almost as if uh, there's a couple of liberties taken with uh, his powers, just to, so he can get the job done.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never understood. I mean, I don't think I've read any of his Golden Age stuff. If I, I have, I don't remember it.
0: Yeah. Phantom Lady, man, she really they spotlight her a little bit too during this fight. And she does pretty good here. She has her black light ray and you know, she's, you know, blinding some of them and stuff like that and kicking the one guy and kick the gun out of his hand. She's she shows up pretty good here. I like her.
1: Yeah, I do too. And I like that they use I mean, this is in an era where most super teams would only have one female character. You wouldn't really you know what I mean? It's not when they would get to two or three is, you know, in later, you know, later decades where it'd be more balanced. But she's really you know, she knows what's going on and she's she leads the leads the story a bit. And I like that because I like her. I've always liked her as a character. She's popped up in a lot of series that I've I mean, she's in the Starman series in the nineties a lot because they're cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh and then she was in um I think she was in that Manhunter series too.
0: When they oh. did
1: the, the legacy manhunter with the female manhunter. No, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I do like, there is a lot of action in this, but I do like the scene where they're talking to the district attorney in his office, and they're trying to, you know, let him know where they're from and what they're all about, and uh, I think that's page 10 in the actual comic, and yeah. is, it's a really cool panel where it shows, you know, you know, hooray for the Freedom Fighters, like everybody uh, in that JLA uh, issue, you know, uh, they're up on, like, a, a, a grandstand, and everybody's cheering them on, and then that's when he goes, and uh, Uncle Sam kind of introduces each uh each member to this district attorney, and this is going to become important in the next couple of issues where he tells this district attorney who everybody is, like what their secret identity is and their powers are and everything like that. And I like that page a lot.
1: I do, too. I like that, you know, they uh, they take the time to just, you know, and intersperse it throughout the story. What happened in those two JLA issues, um, who they were, you know, that they had already saved one world and now they're bored and they're going to teleport across to Earth one. Mm-hmm. And this is like because at this point they are totally Earth X was a totally separate Earth. There was none of this that oh these were heroes from Earth Two who migrated, which is what Roy Retroconned in All Star.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: which I kind of like it as a separate Earth. Yeah, me too. I do. Yeah, I kind of, I really kind of like that. And they brought that back with a multiversity. The series was yeah, Multiverse City, where they were the fifty-two when they you know created you know the fifty-two Earths um oh. a few years back, and they made that made it a separate Earth again. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, that's neat. Yeah,
1: and that's, that's cool. where all the that's where all the Jimmy pomerati some of the stuff of that it, it takes place.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I tweeted out this one panel where <laughs> the uh, DA kind of helps them out and says he's gonna you know you know help them out and this that and the other thing, and uh, Phantom Lady comes over and she goes. Thank you, sir. And you know something? For a um plump person, you're really kind of cute. And she kisses him. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, I tweeted that out the other day, and I'm like, well, at least I know I got a shot with Phantom Lady.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> there, there's just some there's some silly comic writing that like would not happen today.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> for sure not. But uh, we I love to uh, these gangsterish type people too. So on page twelve there. We get introduced in a, a mansion in Washington Heights to basically this silver ghost guy, you know, his uh, secret identity and why he's got a beef with uh, New York City, because his family supposedly used to own uh, Manhattan years ago. And it, according to him, it got stolen from them somehow. And he's going to, you know, take it back it by t- a means of force. Eh? Uh huh. Yeah. He pimp slaps one of his own henchmen here too, imbecile and smack I like oh, that. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> I do too. And the you know it's and their little the cat this castle like building the armory that they're given is at the bottom is the headquarters for the freedom oh, fighters. Yeah. Oh, and poor Phantom Girl, of course her the she has this line that is was a little cringeworthy. Now live here, you must be joking. I'd have to spend a year just cleaning first. When would I find time for crime fighting? It's like. <laughs>
0: I love how you can see bats in the background too. By the way, not only is oh, it yeah. cobwebs and old and stuff, there's bats flying around.
1: Yeah, I'd be out the minute I saw a bat. I said, "I'm out."
0: Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I love that page for that is hilarious. By the way, you know, and then in the middle panels there, we see uh, how Phantom Lady and uh, uh, the Ray here kind of have a little bit of a relationship, and he's like, uh, you know, putting the moves on her here, and he embraces her, and in the background you see them embracing, and she says, "Darling." And the human bomb. Darling? Oh, cripes.
1: And I, <laughs> and I like how the, hum, the human bomb has the the patented comic book disguise of a trench coat and a fedora that will make anybody just blend in, you know. Um, yeah, you
0: won't see his metal mask on or anything.
1: Or the gloves, <laughs> yes, that he's wearing a bomb suit. Uh, 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 what is it? It's a fire prevention suit, isn't it? Kind of like the old one, like for like big fires, like oil riggers would use.
0: That's what it kind of looks like to me. I mean, it's obviously got to have a lot of protection if he touches stuff and they, it blows up like in close proximity to him. So I don't know if it's something to do with maybe like a like a World War II era, like a uh, bomb suit. Like you'd be you're going to be like at like a nuclear test site or something.
1: Yeah, I, get, I mean, that's what I thinking. But it's also he has one of those powers. It's like that you go. How does he go to the bathroom? Mm. You know, when there's one of those things I can't touch anybody, but well, you know.
0: <laughs> Good luck with that, right? Like <laughs> well, then we get uh, our buddy, the Silver Ghost here and his buddy uh, Samson, and their uh... his
1: costumes changed already. He got his helmet his his headpiece has changed since the beginning of the comic,
0: yeah. now instead of a helmet, he just has a mask, just like you yes. know the typical pullover where your you know nose, mouth, and chin are hanging out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what do they show up at here? It looks like almost like a, a power plant or something. Yeah, I think so. And he says uh, he starts oh, slapping it's, no, down it's, the guard. No, it's
1: it's the, it's the Bell telephone. telephone switching station, which anybody born, you know, like. This probably doesn't even exist
0: anymore. These guys. No, of no, they don't. Yeah. When I was a little, very little kid, uh, it, actually, it may have even been before I was born. My mom worked for Bell telephone.
1: <laughs> did you? OK. Well, you, you see it in the movies where someone physically has to plug things in
0: uh-huh yeah <laughs> that's great isn't it and then
1: well, I, you see these youtubes every once in a while where they give a someone born like who's like 16 or 17 a dial phone and say now make a phone call and they don't know how to do it <laughs> they <laughs> that's just <great>. die <laughs>
0: it's like oh man yeah so page 15 too i love the, the transformation scene there with doll man that's pretty that cool. is really good i like that yeah, that's really, really good. I enjoy that quite a bit. And, you know, they all go firing out there because uh, Silver Ghost is up to his shenanigans. But I do love how we have Black Condor and Phantom Lady on the street and they have their costumes on underneath street clothes. So they just peel off their street clothes right in the middle of the street. And these two old people, a uh, um, uh, husband and wife, I would assume, the wife says, land sakes, Edgar, look, they're stripping. Isn't that streaking fad over? <laughs> and he says they've got costumes on. Blanche, Edgar, and Blanche. Oh my god, <laughs> that's great! You look like they're probably in their sixties or seventies. Yeah. I would have imagined. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! I love it. <laughs> mm, and then they, you know, they go right at them. They come right into the the offices and the the building of the phone company here, and a big fight, you know, uh, breaks out. And it looks like okay, you know, they're going to be able to take these guys out, but then all of a sudden, uh, that doesn't happen. Like they start, they beat beat the crap out of that Samson guy pretty easily. It looks like, but then uh, while they're doing that, uh, Silver Ghost, you know, he gets in touch with Doll Man, Black Condor, and then Phantom Lady, and turns all three of them into silver.
1: Yeah, I. And then he I, and he takes them all the way to that that the new Freedom Fighters headquarters. Uh,
0: yeah, to show uh, Uncle Sam, the Ray, and Human Bomb that, you know, he's he's like, basically, I've turned your friend uh, your friends into these silver statues, and unless you want them to die, or if you want them to live, you know, you're going to do what I say. And that's how that first issue ends, but it's, yeah, it's pretty cool, though, right? And it, it, it is, and it's,
1: I like that it is, they, there is exposition, there is setup, there's all this stuff going on, but it's action-packed from beginning to end.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there wasn't really uh, more than a minute to just kind of chill out and relax without a lot going on, which, again, for a first issue, to me, that's great, because a lot of first issues, they are a lot more of just set up and talking and stuff like that with not a lot of action. So, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit.
1: Well, and also, this is a bi-monthly, so I think maybe Conway was thinking that I got to – because they're not going to see an issue for another eight weeks, let's
0: let's pack it full. Yeah, yeah. It really as action-packed as possible. Yeah, so, all right, well, let's move on to issue two here. Now, this one was uh, um, cover dated uh, June 1976, and the writer uh, was Jerry Conway, Penciler, and this one is Pablo Marcos, and inker Tex Blaisdell. Um, and the cover on this one is Dick Giordano. Now, I will say this. I do like Dick Giordano quite a bit, but to me, this cover is just okay. I don't know if it was the color choices that kind of have me a little thrown off, but I, I like the, like, you know, the way it's set up. It's a lot of action on it. It looks really cool. But I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just the colors here that are throwing me off.
1: It's It's got that weird red with pink. I mean, that pink, purple. It's kind of yeah. odd. But also, it's a very, I mean, generic DC kind of cover. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, you know.
0: And they look like stone statues as well. And they're not supposed to be stone. They're supposed to just be themselves, but silver. But they almost look like stone to me yeah, so, so I don't know. yeah. but I, I mean, I do like how, you know the the villains there, and he's blasting the uh, doll Man and Phantom Lady and Black Condor. and then in the back, you have Uncle Sam and the bomb and the Ray coming after him. But that's cool. But, yeah, the color choices here are just not a not a huge fan and of
1: the freedom stuff. fighters is your freedom fighters instead of being red, white, and blue, pink, white, and black?
0: Yes, it is. It's just really bizarre because every other issue, it's red, white, and blue. I think
1: they had to do that because of the red. Yeah, energy beams. They had to change it.
0: Yeah, I would have rather the energy beams be pink and that stayed red, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Yeah, not not terrible or anything like that. Just not not one of the best of the three for sure here. We're going to look at today. But all right. Well, all right, here we go. So this one is uh, uh, the story is entitled Rampage. And it says the Freedom Fighters conclude their battle with the Silver Ghost, who is apparently killed. But the team then finds themselves wanted by the police. So that's kind of in a nutshell what happens here. It, it, I do like how it starts out on this uh, first splash page here. This is really good because, you know, we we do know how issue one ended. It kind of ended on a, a cliffhanger, and the second one here doesn't start out on a cliffhanger. So, you know, we we assume what happened in the meantime was, you know, he's uh, Silver Ghost is blackmailing the other three members that aren't turned to Silver. So we have uh, Human Bomb, the Ray, and Uncle Sam here, and they're ripping up a piece of the street, which, wow, really, really cool page here. What do you think?
1: I like it. I'm not – I'm very – it's always – I like Pablo Marcus as a penciler. He's got some – he's a pretty good storyteller, but I'm so used to him as only being an inker, so mm-hmm. – and I have never heard of this guy Tex Blaisdell.
0: hmm
1: Yeah, but, I no, – I I like the splash page. I really like the splash page. It's Ray looks like he's grimacing a bit much, but. But I do like it and I like the action. I mean, they're uh, in the next two next two pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I really like how it looks. Like I said, the Ray looks pretty much evil and, you know, they are (laughs) doing something, you know, kind of evil here just because uh, they're being told to by the silver ghost. But uh, yeah, that man, Uncle Sam looks great. He's ripping up, like I said, a piece of the street here. And then the cops show up and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? And they're like, you know, get lost. And they jump down into the subway and the human bomb. Wow. This was kind of crazy. I guess they were told by the Silver Ghost, you know, hey, go disrupt the subway system because he just wants there to be absolute chaos in the city. So they rip this hole open in the street and the bomb goes down there and an oncoming you know subway train comes right at him and he takes his glove off and tra boom uses his hand to like you know cause a really bad accident here we don't see anybody dead per se but there had to have been somebody died
1: oh yeah it's like that thing in comics where all this dis- destruction happens and no one gets hurt yeah like, yeah okay uh, <laughs> yeah it's like, like there's the- no way and uncle sam's just talking to two cops
0: yeah yeah they kind of confront him and he's just like oh hey how's it going and they're like hey you can't do this and you know, we're going to arrest you and all that stuff. And he's like, now, listen, don't try to arrest me. Like, don't try to get rough with me, Sonny. He says to the cop. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then he does one of his crazy leaps. Like you said, and he has a human bomb. He's holding on to him and kind of pulls like a, you know, old school Silver Age Hulk and just leaps away.
1: Or like Superman in the So, you know, when he before the he Golden Age. Yeah. 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 He would just leap.
0: Yeah. And then uh, they go back to their uh, they go to a nearby rooftop and they're talking about, you know, what we kind of assumed, which is, you know, this silver ghost is, you know, blackmailing them, saying, do what I tell you or, you know, I'm going to, you know, kill your three friends here. And I do love uh, I think that's is a page six there where it shows uh, Uncle Sam kind of, you know, remembering them coming from uh, Earth X to yeah, this earth. That's it, really you, good.
1: You get a, you get a, what, a page and a half flashback. So if someone missed it, because remember, kids would grab these off the rack in a Seven Eleven or a drugstore or, or a newsstand if you lived in a big city. So they may have missed issue one. So you had to really kind of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, every issue you would have to, especially on, I guess, on a bi-monthly, you would have to go, OK, where's the story so far kind of thing?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. Silver Ghost, we see him like flipping out and saying, listen, you fools, if you wish to see your friends alive. You must obey me implicitly in everything I say. In other words, and then the human bomb in the next panel finishes it. We're slaves. That's what we are, Sam. Crummy slaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And then he has a and punches his fist into his open palm and makes a little bit of a uh, mini explosion there. And I thought, well, he doesn't have his gloves off, so would that really work? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh... Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I like. I like how the Ray is just kind of sitting there brooding. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He's he is. He's just sitting there with his arms like kinda of folded and his legs kind of folded like uh like he can't take it either.
1: Oh, I like in the background that you see Samson's uh, new costume where he's basically he looks like Marvel's Hercules.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That was something I thought, like you said, like, why does it change from one to the other? Like, it's kind of weird. Now, if he stays that way, he, he stays that way consistently through this one, I think. But yeah, a big change from one to another. Right.
1: I do just think there's no continuity? You know, they haven't done, you know, it's we we have three issues and we have three different pencilers, right? Mm hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. But I do love this scene, too, where, you know, we see uh, that uh, D.A. Pearson and he's talking to I think it's somebody the, from the ma- the mayor's yeah, office. Yeah,
1: he's the mayor's chief of staff.
0: Yeah, and he starts giving the, the DA the business here, and the DA's just like, listen, like we don't need to be worried about the mayor's political career right now. Like, there's some crazy stuff going on in the city here. We need to, like, figure that out. And <laughs> the chief of staff says, don't lecture me, you senile old fool. I'm the mayor's chief of staff, not a child. And this piercing guy who seemed like, You know, pretty low-key, like a really nice guy. He almost looked like Jolly Santa Claus, you know, in the first issue. He gets out of his chair and grabs this guy by the like uh, his shirt and says, See now, huh? I'll break you in half. Oh, yeah. Like, like, wow, he really flipped out. And then the TVs turn on, and they got taken over by the Silver Ghost. And he basically, you know, this is when he says, like, My family used to own Manhattan, and by any means possible, I'm going to, uh, you know, assume total control of the city and uh, my allies the freedom fighters are going to help me. So that's when the, the DA picks up the phone and calls the police commissioner and says, hey, take these guys in any way possible. And if necessary, shoot to kill. I was like, wow. Yeah. And that this, was kind of wild.
1: Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. The, he's so crazed in the, in the video. They're like, what's at the set when he's talking about. Um, and he's got a new costume, too, doesn't he?
0: It looks a little more jazzed up, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, the, he's got a yeah.
1: cape now. I don't think he had a cape. The first, um, um, but it's just... Just the way that they're having the... Him being the maniacal bad guy telling his plan to the city.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course.
1: <laughs> of course, it's like... And then they cut to where he's sitting around the table with his henchmen. Mm-hmm um and the freedom fighters show back up and this, this they he's got the three other members on a pet the statues on a pedestal
0: <laughs> yeah that's hilarious i'm thinking really why don't you just have them standing somewhere you stacked have them on up in a closet of
1: somewhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's just what
1: <laughs> oh but yeah this
0: yeah this next scene's pretty wild so silver ghost and samson here uh travel with the other three and, and how do
1: they how are they flying
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Uncle Sam, okay, he's got the human bomb by the wrist, and he's maybe doing his jumping thing. Okay, I can believe that. And the ray, if there's light around, he's traveling on a light ray. Okay, I get that, too. Silver Ghost, hey, maybe his costume affords him some kind of flight. Okay, how is Samson flying? And then just these two random goons. Yeah, the two henchmen. Wait a minute, did did they have right? It's like... I'm
1: like, going, do you have rockets on your belt or something? You know, the way they used to have Wonder Man fly in the Avengers yeah. comics early on. He had these two little rockets on his belt.
0: Yeah, they have no jetpacks, no nothing. They're just arms out like they think they're Superman flying through the air. <laughs> so a little bit of a plot hole there, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, this is an interesting scene here where, you know, up until now, Uncle Sam was like, yeah, I don't want to do what this guy says. But he's telling us just to smash up a subway car and... Maybe some people died. Maybe they didn't. Maybe some of them just got hurt, but they'll be OK. So it was like Uncle Sam doesn't want to do it, but he is like, you know, uh, considering the lives of his three friends. So he he did that. But this guy now is really going off the deep end, and he wants to put, what is it, nerve gas into the yeah. reservoir? Yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, that's going to kill a lot of people. So yeah, Uncle and Uncle Sam, Sam just it out. loses it. Dan yeah, clobbers him, <laughs> a big right hand, wham, hits him with a huge right hand, and, mister, that's all I need to hear. This truce is over, and that's when, the, you know, the, the the huge fight and pretty much just about the climax of this one happens. You know, you just get this huge fight between all the uh, henchmen, the Silver Ghost, and this Samson guy, and the three of them. And I'll tell you what, it's an interesting fight, too, because, you know, that Samson guy is this humongous hulking guy, and he has Uncle Sam in a bear hug, and you think he's going to hurt, kill, or at least be able to keep Uncle Sam under wraps, but that doesn't happen. But the rays flying around and smashing into these henchmen and the human bomb, he's, you know, like you said, he can only blow stuff up that he touches. And, well, if somebody stands, like, 10 feet away from you and is using this, like, laser gun to shoot you, that's really not—your power really isn't going to stop them.
1: Yeah, I like how that he does is he lets the couple goons charge him, mm-hmm. and then he touches this tree stump— Yeah, and And he knocks it, but it
0: blows up and it knocks them out. Yeah, and then, of course, these other two guys have, you know, laser pistols, and they figure out we don't need to confront them. Let's just shoot them from over here, and it's not looking good for the human bomb. But then I do love the scene with uh, Uncle Sam here and this Samson guy who thinks he's so big and strong, and Uncle Sam is able to overpower him. I like that quite a bit.
1: And it's actually some real, you know, it's not overly superhero fighting. It's way a fight would happen, you know, two guys. Grabbing each other, and you know, mm-hmm. except he does like I like Uncle Sam like does some like jujitsu and throws him across the field.
0: <laughs> like so, yeah, it's like a crazy judo throw or something, and the guy uh-huh. Samson is flying through the air. Look at his face. <laughs> what I like kid kid. is all of a sudden
1: he doesn't have the upper part of his costume just disappeared.
0: Yeah the. You know, that, like, you know, uh, band that came around his shoulder and everything. It's gone. It's completely gone. Maybe he <laughs> fell out of his clothes. <laughs> but, yeah, he lands, like, head first. And I don't know if he breaks his neck or just gets knocked out there because that looks pretty nasty on that. That looks like there. his head's turned around all the way. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he might be dead, too. And then Uncle Sam sees this uh, henchman here with his gun pointed at human bomb that he's going to shoot him and kill him. And. I think he kills this guy, too. He throws literally this huge, like, tree branch or log, whatever you want to call it. It looks Mm -hmm. like it's six feet long and, like, a foot thick in diameter. And he throws it and hits this henchman right in the back of the head. Like, that guy's dead. He's got to be dead or he's going to be brain damaged for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, wow. (laughs) No prisoners here. (laughs) I
1: mean, yeah, he's at least got a concussion. He's going to be in the hospital for months. Yeah. then here, Go ahead. But well, then, I like when the you see the Ray is fighting these henchmen that can fly. Mm-hmm. um and he uh, he starts chasing the silver Ghost and he knocks him down to the ground mm-hmm. and. Tr- yeah, what does he say?
0: When they go down, the fall bent your ankle now, while you can't move, the silver ghost strikes. and i, I before you turn the page here, you don't understand what happens. You're like, what's going on here? You see him touch water, which they colored the water green, and I don't know if that's because his costume is like a bluish silver color, and they thought it wouldn't look right or whatever. But the water, yeah. There's really
1: some gray. weird, like, and the ground is gray. Yeah, and he just. I think it's just. I think. I think it. I don't know how good colorists were in the old days, but I think sometimes they just put because they only can use four colors yeah or combinations thereof that they sometimes have to give background they just put colors to differentiate between areas and not like there's some is not grass so if they're gonna have bushes they can't have the grass be green because then it's gonna all look like one thing
0: yeah yeah that that's probably it well the ray then kind of like rolls out of the way of this and uh, silver ghost he puts his hand in the water and says oh my lord and i'm thinking Oh, my Lord, what? Aren't you just going to turn the water into silver? Like, See, that's what I thought when he did it.
1: Yeah, I was but like, he, what? But then it's just, you know, he's just, he just well, he electrocutes himself.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, a that's good a, panel. Yeah, exactly.
1: it is. It is. And then he's laying there. I mean, he looks pretty toasted.
0: Yeah, he's dead. I mean, they, they make a, a point to say in this one, if he's dead. And then in the next issue, Uncle Sam does say he's dead. So I'm guessing that's the end of him. But yeah, he short circuits and, you know, the human bomb comes over and looks at his costume and figures out his whole silver power was some kind of how does he explain it? Oh, he says wires, a power pack and a gram of radioactive material. The silver Ghost's Midas touch was an electromagnetic gimmick. Bozo here was a fraud. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that all works out. I mean, I guess I'll have to trust the Human Bomb because he's a physicist and I'm not. But oh yeah, yeah,
1: and you know, and science scientists and comic books have you know seven and eight, nine, ten PhDs. It's you know, it's it's a <laughs> it's an odd mix of you know that uh, of comic science. Yeah, and then
0: somehow the Human Bomb, being a physicist, says I can use this technology to reverse what happened to Doll Man, Phantom Lady, and Black Condor. And it takes him a while, but he does. Uh, You know, have this uh, little device cooked up. It almost looks like a little ray gun where he zaps them and they eventually come back to uh, the land of the living here. But before they can celebrate too much, it's uh, a final panel that you hear someone from the outside, you know, screaming, attention, freedom fighters. This is the police. Surrender at once or we open fire. And there's like this crazy red light going from the outside, orange and yellow. And uh, they show you that uh, they mean business. So they can't even relax for a second here. And it's going to be they're already in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. So well, yeah, that was a good one. What'd you think? I like it. It's
1: action packed. It, it it ties up the story. It is, you know, I'm I read a lot of modern comics and then like comics a little later, you know, in the eighties and nineties, that this is a it's a different kind of storytelling. And but it's just fun. I mean, I'm not I'm not I wanna be I don't wanna bash art. I just don't find Pep sometimes I like Marcos's art and in some page panels he's great in this and some others it's like that they're changing art team every issue, and this is a bi-monthly. It's like, I think they're they're kind of rushed at times, even though it's a bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy the story, and, it, you know, it's silly times, and the fights are a little simplistic. But, you know, it's it's an entertaining 22-page read. I like it. Uh, did you look at the letter pages in these? No, no, uh-uh. uh I'm looking at one. The guy's writing. He's like, why did – it because All-Star Comics is coming out at the same time. Oh, OK. And he's compl- the guys. This guy named Tom Murphy is complaining that the two by monthlies all star comic and Freedom Fighters come out on the same week, the same month.
0: Oh, uh, should, why not alternate them?
1: Yeah, it's something like that. And also they're talking that this is when the Karate Kid solo series was coming out. Mm. So these were all coming out at the same time. That makes a lot of sense because there's a similarity in those three, these three series and kind of like the quality of the comic. I mean, they're not, you know, the Karate Kid one was weird, but it wasn't terrible. And All-Star was great. But I just, you know, it kind of puts in context what, what they're go, what Jerry Conway, because Jerry Conway is the editor-in-chief at this point. Okay. And Paul Levitz is the assistant editor-in-chief. Gotcha. Uh, because this Carmine's still the publisher. We're mm-hmm. a couple of years from the, impl- we're a couple
0: years from the implosion, aren't we? Yeah, I think that was 78, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and that's when they brought in Jeanette Kahn, and she promoted Paul Levitz. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, a good thing. No offense to Carmine, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, 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 but uh, Jeanette Kahn and Paul Levitz did a really good job with the company, and I think they made a course correction. But I like these mid-'70s comics a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. because they are just fun, and they're doing different... I'm one of those people... I liked it when they brought in these old characters or these different characters. I think that's why I became a JSA nut and a Legion, you know, I'm a Legion fan. It was like I like Superman Batman and the Justice League and I read it, but I was more interested in these characters that, you know, were somewhat on the the not the big the big three. You know what yeah. I mean? They're the big the big ones. I like these I like these characters. And my brother being a huge he knew their history. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think he read them, but he bought all those, like the Starenko history of comics and all those books, oh, the Flesher yeah. books. He bought all those things and had them in the house. And it made him, you know, he was like, these are the qualities. This is the history. He knew the history of the lawsuits and the companies were going under and DC were buying up com- competitors mm-hmm. to one as they, they failed. Quality was failing because it was yeah. at the, that time when, you know, comics mm-hmm. were being,
0: you know, uh, attacked, yeah
1: what is it seduction of the innocent
0: yeah yeah the whole trials and stuff yep yeah so but i like that i
1: like i like that second issue and i'm really like when we're about to do the third one i really like the art in the third one and i'd like so
0: i think that was a it was a big step up in artwork for this third one but uh
1: well yeah it's remote yeah
0: yeah so we got uh freedom fighter so number three here covered it august 1976 um and we have writer Marty Pasco, and then penciler Ramona Freydon in this one. Yeah, the inker here, Juan Canal. I've never heard of him. Uh, he's not somebody I'm familiar with. And colorist Liz Berube. Yeah, I don't um, know.
1: I don't recognize that name either.
0: Yeah, and then cover artist again is Dick Giordano. So, what do you think of this cover? I think this one's a little bit better than the last one. A little we'll bit? Say, I'm not. The, yeah. the
1: the the villain in this piece is not the greatest villain ever created no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah no we'll, we'll get really... to we'll
0: get to scrag the super sniper
1: <laughs> yeah, really a bad character design <laughs> um that green and orange and the sky rocket that his hand stumps are plugged into yeah that's weird it looks yeah, like it, he has
0: an eight track player though so it's all good yeah he has a big eight player.
1: <laughs> and a tv screen at his knees so yeah (laughs) um, i bet i really i think this it's it's a generic it's like dick we need you to draw a generic
0: um comic cover yeah he probably belted it out pretty quick
1: oh he would you know i'm just thinking yeah it's no wait a minute i think when Jeanette Kahn wasn't dick giordano editor-in-chief for a while
0: Oh, I think he was at some point. Yeah, he was.
1: I think he's before Paul. I think he Paul replaces him, or yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: <clears throat> I think he is, um, or after Jerry leaves, um, I I just don't I don't know that off the top of my head. But but Dick Giordano, man, he was you know he inked a lot, but he would also he was come into the rescue and finish a book. Because he would take, um, I know for a fact that sometimes he would like, you know, be behind, someone would be behind and he would be assigned to ink it. And then he'd be doing all the backgrounds and finishing and, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he could knock it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like you said, at this point he was doing a lot more like editorial kind of stuff or, you know, art, you know. Uh, keeping all the artists going and stuff like that than he was doing covers and stuff like that. But yeah, it's yeah. like I said, it's not a bad cover at all. You know, it's not bad or anything like that. It's I think it's a little bit better than the previous one, but yeah, it's it's fairly generic. Yeah. So. Um, I do like
1: his Ray, because I mean, I think the, this is the best I've seen Ray look in some of these issues mm-hmm. until this, but I think Ramon Afraidon does a great job.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, here, let me just do a quick synopsis here and we'll dive right into into the issue. So uh yeah, this is the synopsis for Scrag the Super Sniper. <laughs> the Freedom Fighters break up a bank robbery, then face Scrag the Super Sniper, an ordinary if dangerously unhinged man mutated into a monstrous form by a couple of coincidentally passing aliens from Quard for no readily apparently apparent reason. Scrag appears to fall to his death at the end. So all right, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into this one. This one's pretty crazy, but You open the first page there and it does pick up continuity wise exactly where the second issue left off with the cops outside, uh, you know, barricades and searchlights and everything all over the uh, the armory where the uh, freedom fighters are uh, staying here, right? Yeah.
1: Or is that, no, is that the mansion? No, yeah, it's the mansion. He's at, they're still at Van Zant's mansion for some reason. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I like how they. There, it, we, Like, when we turn into this, there's already been some discussion, apparently, on the fact that uh, they already have decided they're not going to just turn themselves in over to the police. You know, they're, they're going to make a break for it. And I love how the cop says, you've got 10 seconds of surrender. After that, tear gas. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then everybody's like, you know, uh, Uncle Sam, looks like the first move is up to us, kids. And Ray says, Phantom Lady, and I are ready, Sam. And Sam says, bomb? And he says, I don't need to be told, old timer. And they're all <laughs> getting ready to, like, go blasting out the window. And, and they do, along with, you know, the bomb blasting, you know, making an explosion, the ray flying out and, you know, into one of the searchlight, you know, paths of the searchlight rays. And then Phantom Lady using her uh, technology to kind of mask them so they can get away. And <laughs> there's the cops laying there on the ground because <laughs> the, the explosion probably knocked them all over. So a funny scene there.
1: Oh, yeah. And then poor, poor, poor district attorney's getting browbeat by the cops. This is this your fault?
0: Yeah. And he's like, well, what was I supposed to do? There's no immigration laws against aliens from another earth. <laughs> and I thought, hey, good point, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah. And then we switch to this uh, bizarre scene here. So it just shows like a house, a very, you know, large, nice house out in the countryside somewhere. And it says, uh, there's a. Uh, Uh, a man here that it says an entrance, a a new cast members entrance into the strangest of dramas. His name is Arthur T. Summer Ted to his friends. He has a wife and three children sits on the board of directors of four major corporations is a regular church goer and is always kind to the neighbor's children, the cleaning lady and small dogs. And then the next panel, he looks like he's gone absolutely psychotic here. Like a mental breakdown or what's happened to him. But, it says, and oh yes, one more thing—he's also a homicidal maniac.
1: <laughs> I know it's great. I love that face, though. Isn't that a great? Yeah, that's creepy. Riv- I love, I love that. Ramona well, Fraden, she—you I mean she was? I knew her from Aquaman and Metamorpho,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then uh, Brenda Starr in the newspaper. Yeah,
0: she. Well, yeah. I didn't even realize too. She had done before I got a couple of these omnibus editions for the. Uh, House of Secrets and House of Mystery. I think it's in the House of Secrets, uh, one of the volumes, where she has some uh, horror work in them. And really? I like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wait, what? But when you look at the artwork, even if it didn't have her name on it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's her. Oh, and that's
1: so, cool. I'll yeah, have to check awesome. that out. I didn't, I mean... I'm they're pretty ma- mean. I read re- very random House of Mysteries, House of Secret comics. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't... My brother read horror, horror comics, and I didn't. Um... But you you always would great had great art in them, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to uh, go on the app. I wanted to. Me and my wife were watching Sandman, and Cain and Abel on the T te- have a big part in the TV uh. series, and they're great. And he and Abel keeps killing Cain, Cain uh. keeps killing Abel, and he keeps resurrecting every day and going, "What's well, all right? He only he only buried me in a shallow grave this time, and it's <laughs> really." They're really it, – they're it, it really good. They, it, it's a good show. I'm really enjoying it. And to see them and kind of like – my wife's not a comic person. I'm like, well, I'll tell her later because I was just – I was being entertained by them. But I was I was thinking about some of those comics because there's a lot of – the Gaiman used a lot of those. He's a fan of those horror comics, and he uses huge elements from them in the yeah. show. So, But I'll have to go check on the app. Um Yeah. Which strikes me as funny is none of these freedom fighter issues are on the app.
0: Yeah, it is kind of weird. You would think I don't think only... they
1: have. I don't think they have copies of them or something because I don't think they've been reprinted ever. Maybe they they haven't reprinted them because they'd have to shoot it from a co- from a copy.
0: Yeah, they might not have the original artwork or yeah. something. Well, yeah, I don't know. Scans. Yeah. Well, What about this scene here? Yeah, we see this guy go sitting on his couch going, and he goes absolutely mad, and then his wife. Uh, she's in the next room and she's not like being mean or nasty or anything to him, but, uh, she, uh, kind of like is just doing dishes and stuff like that. And he creeps up from behind and smashes her over the head with this, like heavy looking briefcase and where he hits her, she kind of is like, ah, and it hits her. And it's a, it's a good panel in the very next panel. She looks like she's just kind of hurt and says, why Teddy? Why? But then the caption box says. And the funny thing is, neither Ted, in this moment of meaningless fury, nor Midge, as she watches the last of her life seep onto the floor, realize that both of them have finally gotten what they always wanted. So I'm assuming she's dead, but I'm like, holy crap. like
1: well, what that's... did she want? Did it she? I don't think she got what she wanted, because she's dead. He got what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, man, that's pretty bad. I want my husband to bludgeon me with a briefcase. <laughs> yeah really it's like what (laughs) but i love her face i love Fraden how she goes cartoony Mm -hmm. you know what i mean by that that it's like i'm not going for realism these are cartoons so i'm gonna be you know i like that you know she's got this odd appearance this character Mm -hmm. that's not real but it's like you know she looks like a it just i like i like Fraden's work on this and i like uh, i'm big on comic artists who can do different faces because some of them can't, mm-hmm. you know, and there's some masters like Swan, Kurt Swan, everybody has a different face, mm-hmm. completely detailed. But I like Frayden's because there's a little bit of cartooniness to it. Oh, Like yeah. newspaper strip, and I like that kind of feel. I'm a big—I think Dave Gibbons does that. It's a little cartoony, mm-hmm. but real, and I like—I really—I'm digging this art.
0: Oh, yeah. You turn the page then, and we see the Freedom Fighters, like, they— <laughs> Put down a a deposit for some rent on this uh, little uh, tiny little West 29th Street, you know, uh, their new headquarters, a dust encrusted loft. And like you said, Freyden look at Uncle Sam's face and Black Condor, Phantom Lady. Like everybody looks cool, looks good and looks different there, which is really nice. Really good page.
1: Yeah, Um, I like the little panel panel with the, the all the wanted posters with their real names on them
0: <laughs> oh yeah that's great yeah doll man i guess was out uh creeping around and he went to the post office among other places and look what i found there and it's wanted posters with all their names and you know they were thinking oh hey you know the cops are looking for all these superheroes let's just go out in our civilian identities and then you know back to the issue you know the first issue where they were sitting there talking to the da and told him what their powers are what their secret identities are Now there's uh, you know pictures of all of them. I don't know how they got the pictures of them without their costumes on, but at any rate, there's you know their aliases and everything on these wanted posters, so they're not going anywhere.
1: And wait a minute, if they're from a parallel Earth, are there parallel versions of them here, of those people here? Um,
0: I don't think so. Has that okay. ever been established? I didn't. Think no, I mean, but I mean, yeah. Interesting though, but yeah, Dollman, he's got a he's got a way out of this. He says he's going to. Uh, he went to an electronic shop and spent the last of his savings on this stuff. And (laughs) Uncle Sam, what in thunderation? (laughs) And He's like, just stand back and give me some tinkering room. And after several minutes, the group stares in mute fascination at the scientist and his hardware. And he's like, okay, I made this gizmo and it's a power transfusion. And he's like going to do it from Phantom Lady. And she's like, huh? And he says a combination of her powers Happy's light absorption power and Sandy's ability to become a phantom will pro- provide us with a cloak of invisibility. And some in, for some insane reason she looks at the ray phantom lady and says how romantic. And I'm thinking what is romantic about having a cloak of invisibility? Like are they planning on, you know, <clears throat> you know doing something they don't want somebody else to see? Like what's going on here?
1: Or is she holding hands with the ray? I don't in, know. And that second
0: it, panel looks and they like they're yeah. holding hands. Yeah, it does. And I'm thinking, but just romantic, a cloak of invincibility, invisibility, like what? Oh, I know. <laughs> My God. Yeah, it made no sense. But they go blasting out into the street because they see some, you know, crooks who are on roller skates, by the way. But with, then they with have ski poles. Yeah, with ski poles. And they smack some guy in the face and they're taking off with, uh, you know, a bunch of things they stole from uh, Foster Sporting Goods. <laughs> so they robbed a sporting goods store. <laughs> and what? The, and are
1: they Mexican wrestling masks?
0: Yeah, I don't know what those are supposed to be. They're these really bizarre-looking masks that they have on, which they don't even look like they fit on tightly, some of them. Like, they're like almost like a hood on the one guy, but another guy looks like a really tight mask, and, you know, they can't see the Freedom Fighters. Their cloak of invisibility is actually working, and they kick the crap out of these guys pretty easily. But uh, then our buddy, uh, Ted comes walking through with his psychotic look on his face with a briefcase, just walking through the whole fracas here. Like nothing's going on.
1: Yeah. And he, and another thing, it's, it reminds me of almost like a, like a plastic man comic with the humor inserted with Ted looks a little odd, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And, she, and it just, it's just—it's really fun. He—I just—I really dig how she drawn him, that he's so—he's even more cartoony than the rest of the comic.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then what's on the next page is these two guys from Quard.
0: Now, wait a minute here. See, I don't know DC Comics as anywhere near as well as you do. Is that where oh. Sinestro's from? That is where the lightning folks. Yes, Quard's built
1: made his yellow ring. Okay. They're, they're called the Weaponers of Quard. Um and they normally don't wear green knockoff Lex Luthor costumes.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is weird. This is a you, weird. If scenario. you
1: saw one, you would recognize them. They look like um, they have helmets with lightning bolts coming out where the ears are, and they have light. They throw lightning bolts, and there's a lightning bolt motif uh, const- uh, on everything. And they right. are they live in the antimatter universe. And they build weapon. That's where the yellow ring come. Uh, Sinestro's yellow ring comes from.
0: Yeah, this scene was just bizarre to me. And I, re- I saw a quad and I thought, I think I remember from being a little kid and hearing Sinestro talk about that. when yeah. he was on the the no, not Super Friends television show. Yeah. yeah, And then
1: stuff. that's why the Green Lantern's ring uh, is susceptible to yellow. Okay.
0: It has some ties into that because it's all the origins are all intermingled. Yeah, and this is what the caption boxes say when we see these two guys that, like you said, they just look like knockoff Lex Luthers. just two regular bald guys in this spacecraft. And uh, the box, caption box says, dispassionately observing the scene from the spacecraft is a pair of explorers from the antimatter world of Quad, a world whose values are diametrically opposed to ours, a world where good is evil and evil is good. And then these two guys just are watching this fight on a view screen. And the one guy says, but those bad men in the colorful garb seek to stop the noble thieves. We must do something. So that's when they blast a a Ray down there, and he says, I've got it. I'll give the hooded men a stracer to even the odds. And the guy says, a what? And he goes, a stracer, you know, a strafing laser unit. And they blast the crazy guy, uh, Ted, Summer that went nuts and just killed his wife and he turns into this crag the super sniper guy <laughs> oh my
1: god and did you read the little note that um editor note from jerry conway Quart is, has perfected a process for turning antimatter into plus matter to permit exploration of our universe when they u- used on living beings the process process alters the optic nerves us quartians can see the freedom fighters
0: Yeah, because they're supposed to be under that cloak of
1: invisibility. Yeah. So okay, we've written. (laughs) I, I, uh, Marty wrote that thing, but now I need to reason. You know, that they can see them. Yes, but I like (laughs) I like the panel, the panel where you see him turning into Quartian Boy Scouts, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. We. Oh, you'll win your your Yokelinian merit badge for this nimac.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is just so bizarre. They're. I will say their spaceship uh, i I use that term loosely here uh looks like I don't know what to make of that. it's like very, it looks like a three
1: year old druid
0: yeah, it does not look, <laughs> it does not look good, but yeah, it's insane. and like you said about Jerry's caption box trying to explain what was uh, written and drawn, uh, a process for turning antimatter into plus matter. Well, uh, sorry, Jerry, antimatter, the opposite of antimatter is matter. It's right, not yeah. plus matter. <laughs> Dude, I was like, what? So, yeah, like you said, this guy's costume leaves a lot to be desired. He's it is really basic. Yeah, he's got green boots, green underwear that he wears on the outside, of course. And then, Mm. uh, it almost they almost make it look like he has green skin, and then orange tights and a part of his suit that comes up and covers his chest a little bit, almost like with this like jagged edge kind of thing, and then a, a face mask but we're going to find out this is all kind of just part of him, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like instead of hands, he's got, um, little nubs that he plugs into his sky scooter that allows him to shoot laser beams.
0: Yeah. It's really, really bizarre. And in the next scene, he just, you know, is pissed off and just starts blasting everything in sight. And his, uh, the lettering for his uh, his dialogue is very interesting. What did you think of that? That was kind of weird.
1: I well, I kind of like it when you get when a letterer goes and goes. Okay, this is an alien. He's going to sound different. How do I do it? I you know I do it and it kind of looks like um um like Nordic. Nordic Nordic. That's it. That's what it it looks like Nordic runes. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that was an but interesting I, choice.
1: It, it is, but it I like that. It you know this is in the days before where you know lettering was someone was hand handwriting it Mm. and nowadays they have you know they create like if you ever see the guys that do work for um oh i forget what it's called Comicraft or whatever one of the lettering companies oh richard um,
0: starkings yeah i think yeah his group yeah where they they create
1: whole fonts and it's stunning i love it when i see his name on something
0: yeah that's unreal how they do that nowadays but like you said yeah back then somebody was hand drawing lettering everything with these books but I do love how this guy starts blasting the crap out of a building and it must, you know, knock over the freedom fighters. And right away, uncle Sam turns a, a human bomb and says, bomb, did you? And he goes, no, no old timer. I swear to God, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so he thinks he, you know, he's like the hothead that he went nutty and just uh, started blowing stuff up. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It's fantastic. And they're just like, what is going on? And they look up into the sky and, see this guy on this insane thing. So they just go right up and start fighting with him. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, it's just a guy who's insane on this thing. You'd think they'd be able to defeat him pretty easily. And it looks like they're doing pretty good at one point, but uh, the human bomb takes off uh, one of his gloves and he goes right up to the guy and he has one of his, you know, like blasters that are there instead of hands and you think there's going to be this big explosion, but there really isn't. But the ray blasts the guy in the head, like with you know, or in the eyes, and he seems to kind of like fall down towards the ground. And Uncle Sam punches him in the face, and they basically knock this guy out. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. And at this point, too, oh, I like it that the
1: guy is plummeting, and, and Uncle Sam hits his jaw. And there's this great face he
0: draws. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. That's a good panel. Yeah, yeah. he has Black Condor kind of grab him by the ankles and swing him upwards. As this guy's falling downwards, and you know the the force of punching and coming down at the same time knocks this guy completely out. But I did think too, if they wouldn't have pointed it out in the dialogue, I it, I totally lost track of uh, Phantom Lady. She's disappeared. Like nobody knows where she is or where. Like she went out to confront those uh, the 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 bad guys on roller skates, but she disappeared after like you know punching one guy out, and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute, where's she at?" And they're like, uh, "Nobody knows." So. That's a tiny little subplot here going on while they uh, try to wake up uh, Scrag here and question him.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's he's giving it, and he's like, hold your horses. We got to read him his rights. It's the American way, you know. It's like, okay. (laughs) You guys aren't cops. Technically, you've kidnapped this dude. Um, Yeah.
0: Uncle Sam, now there, young feller, you've got the right to remain silent. (laughs)
1: Okay. You're, you remember Uncle Sam, you're a vigilante.
0: Mhm. And he's like, "I I the the this scrag guy says, "It seems like he's, you know, back to being himself." And he says, "I know that. I'm a lawyer. Just let me make the phone call I'm entitled to." And this I didn't understand what happened here. He picks up the phone and it looks like a payphone on the street and he starts dialing using his laser blast hand and all you hear is, "What number are you calling?" And I'm thinking, who's he talking to? The operator? And then all of yeah, a sudden... yeah. And
1: she has a New York accent?
0: Yeah. Please. Yeah, you calling, please. And he just flips out and goes crazy as if, you know... Like, like I said, I don't know what happened here. It's almost like, you know, in the MCU when somebody says, you know, the 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 code words to Winter Soldier, and he goes from being just a regular guy into a psycho. That's what oh, happens. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's like, I mean, there's this thing, it's... The story's happening. They fight him. They capture him. And then.
0: Yeah, I don't get what the. I, I just don't get that whole part. Yeah. Yeah. But and it, the anyway. lady's
1: still on the phone
0: after the yeah. fights
1: starts. start. Sir, are you there? Yeah, it's are crazy. Are you there? And then
0: yeah, he yeah. just goes. He just goes crazy and starts blasting stuff. And then his uh, uh, little uh, uh, vehicle there that he can jump on and take off again. And he takes off again and just wants to start to blasting the World stuff. World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah, he just starts blasting the crap out of everything, and, you know, the four of them, or I'm sorry, five of them, then go after him, and and, uh, he, you know, zaps a human bomb, and he's almost like having a heart attack, and I love his way of uh, stopping his heart attack, (laughs) using his own power up against his chest. I'm like, what? A bomb? A human bomb? And you put your hand on your chest, and that stopped a heart attack. Okay, got it. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, what? Yeah, this is insane. It's just like a kooky, crazy fight ensues. And, you know, eventually they get the better of him. But he's hanging on the ledge. And this is something I didn't get. He's hanging on the ledge like uh, he's going to fall off down like how many stories. And the ray tries to grab him. And they do explain. And it seems like his like the Ray's hand just like comes in tangi- becomes intangible and phases right through the guy's like wrist. And that like laser blaster he has for a hand. So the guy falls down and just dies. And I'm thinking, where the heck was uh, Black Condor when this happened? Why couldn't he catch the guy? Oh, yeah. It's no, but they just kind of watch him fall. Yeah. They watch him fall. And I mean, you just see him go, yeah. And you never see him hit land. They don't make mention of it or anything. He just, the ray just says, my hand. All of a sudden, it just wasn't there. And Dollman says, oh, the power transfusion, it must have given you more of Phantom Lady's power than I figured, causing you to phantom out in a moment of crisis, just as she does. And then uh, Uncle Sam says, oh, darn it. You two stow the science lecture and get a move on. Roy's still pretty weak, so they're already over. What's his name? Falling to the ground and dying. They're like, yeah, whatever. He's dead. (laughs) Yeah, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. So there's how many people have already died here in the in these first three issues, it's just like, um, they seem to really not care when people die. It's like, I know you're heroes and you're fighting villains, but you, you could be a little more, you know, have a little more uh sympathy towards them here. <laughs> oh yeah. And then they get home and she Sandy just shows up. Yeah, she just comes walking in and says that you know, during the fight with the roller skate guys and when uh Scrag showed up, she kind of just phased into the street and couldn't get out and they're just like uh what's going on here and Dollman kind of says like maybe it was part of this whole transfusion thing and i thought well yeah but this is issue 3 and in issue 1 you were already saying she was having issues with her phasing power so i'm not sure that's it there uh super smart science guy
1: Oh yeah <laughs> and it's a weird super science stuff too it's like and i, I it's the Throughout this issue, it's kind of like things happen and then don't have, you know, it's, I think Jerry's like going, okay, now you got to put something to explain the weird thing you did, Marty.
0: hmm Yeah. And I do love, too, how they start talking amongst themselves and they kind of want to go back to Earth X. They're kind of like, you know, pissed off that, you know, they came here to help out and they're just, you know, running into nothing but villains and then being dogged by the police now, too, like as if nobody wants them there. And, you know, that last panel with Uncle Sam is pretty good there. I like how he says that. He's like... We've got to find some place to go. We just got to. In all the cosmos, there must be somewhere the Freedom Fighters belong. Mustn't there? So I do yeah. like that.
1: I do too. And I like, for the most part, I really like the art in this thing. Uh, oh, yeah. This, this story
0: was really silly. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really insane. It really is. But I do like, uh, there's a teaser at the bottom here. Next issue on sale during the first week in June, guest starring Wonder Woman. So Which that's you, pretty good. They're cool. getting
1: closer to the bicentennial. So you're going to have Wonder Woman and Uncle Sam in a comic together.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. Overall, know—three pretty interesting issues. You know, the first two issues were a part one and part two with the Silver Ghost. I think they were, you know, overall much better than uh, the third issue here as far as story goes. But, you know, the third issue maybe was a little stronger in art than the second issue. So, yeah,
1: that's I mean, I'm not a biggest Marty Martin Pascal fan. Um, He wrote very basic comics. I always thought nothing. My brother was a big fan of his. Yeah, a little inconsistent here. But
0: like I said, with the creative team.
1: Yeah, the creative team keeps changing. And, you know, I'm like you. I'm not reading ahead. Uh So I wonder if it stabilizes. This is an era I think Jerry's jumping in and out of books. Yeah. Because he starts, he's the one that starts Super Squad, an all-star comic. But then all of a sudden it's Paul Levitz within three issues.
0: Yeah, and then didn't he do the... uh... Oh, what's that series uh with uh, Firestorm? He did that one too, didn't he? So yeah. sure, is that going on soon? Like, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 78. I don't know when Firestorm started, a little later.
0: Yeah. So, so he's got a lot going on. Yeah, there's a
1: lot going on at DC right now. It's just jumping and cha- uh jumping all over the place. But overall, I like them. They're entertaining. They are definitely comics of their time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where you pick it up Like, you know, you can get your, like, you have the app read it, or you can, like, oh, I found these in a bargain bin for a dollar or whatever. To me, they're, they're definitely worth picking up in those cases and, and reading just, you know, for some, uh, you know, just take an afternoon and read a few of these. They're, they're fun reads. Oh, yeah, they are. They're very, it's, then I like that this one was a little silly. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, this one was, this one was, I don't know if, I don't know if Little Silly covers this one. This this last one was crazy. (laughs) I wonder.
1: don't think this villain came back i don't think he was ever reused yeah
0: this guy and even the silver ghost it's like if if they're never seen from again i would not be shocked because they were not the strongest villains i mean at least the silver ghost had a a a bit of a backstory there they at least took the time over those two issues to you know have a bit of a backstory with his you know supposedly his family owned in new york and all i went and peeked at the wiki and i
1: think he shows up and the character based on him showed up in the arrowverse but it was a woman
0: Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm mean, gonna I, I may deep dive that just for my own interest after we finish
0: talking. <laughs> so to <just> find out <laughs> what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, might have to as well. But yeah, so yeah, a little uneven, but fun nonetheless. So you know, definitely uh, look forward to uh, us coming back here. We're gonna try to get three issues out of clip. So. Hopefully, in the next episode, we can get four, five, and six out of the way, and then keep going on from there, and yeah, you know, and have some fun with
1: this, right? I'm enjoying it. It's like, and I don't, and I'm really I don't. I'm not going to jump ahead. I'm just going to read them right before we record because I think it's it's. I'm getting the I'm getting the the best bang for my buck on these comics because they are such silly, and they are from a certain era, and and I'm interested in seeing where they go.
0: Yeah, I think I have the most fun that way too. Like the day before, night before, yeah, or even, or even the morning of, I'm going to talk about something new. Just to get a, a fresh perspective on it, but yeah, man, yeah, man, definitely looking forward to it. So, all right, well, that's going to wrap things up here. So, uh, how about uh, getting uh, your info out there, Ross? So, if anybody's right. looking for you out there, where can they find you?
1: Well, you can check out uh, my comic book podcast stop team up. Just Google it, and it'll take you to my Libsyn feed, or and you can find me on Twitter at jsa4e. That is jsa, the number four, the letter e. Uh, Or and if you're into Doctor Who, check out my Doctor Who podcast, Gallifrey's Most Wanted.
0: Yep. So, yeah, everybody get out there and, you know, you know, comics definitely listen to Stop Let's Team Up. You've uh, I think as of this recording, you just released a a bit of a a retrospective on uh, Len Wein with uh, Ron, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was we need to talk about because um, it's very
1: basic. We don't deep dive, but we talk about some of the stuff that, you know, really struck us about his career. I mean, this is a man who created Swamp Thing and Wolverine.
0: Yes. Yeah. Great, and, and, great and
1: go on the app and check out his blue Be- uh blue beetle run and his green lantern run.
0: Both. Oh, yeah. I think I've read a couple of his green lanterns. I thought, yeah, it. it's, it's him and Dave Gibbons. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. So, all right, well, that's like I said, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. But, uh, like I said, it's not going to take us too long here to, uh, churn out a few more episodes and cover this series. And then, uh, over on the other, uh, the other one, uh, Steele with Mart, and then, uh, you know, hopefully one, two, or three of us can maybe all get together, and we're going to knock out uh, some of our favorite uh, Super Squad stories as well. So look oh, forward God, to I that. I can't wait to talk about those. Yeah, yeah. So definitely look out for those in the future. All right. Take care, everybody.